0: welcome back everybody you're listening to another episode of driving into the baskets I am Mike here once again with price back at you with another draft profile only three weeks until the lottery and the night we're recording this episode uh, anyway price always a pleasure to have you on here thank you for having me pleasures all mine so uh, I'm pretty draft obsessed price is even more draft obsessed so uh you know it's it's all it's always good to have you on here I remember yep. yeah we were talking about Ivy last year and I believe you said you'd watched like 500 of his shots analyzing his form.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was coming to the point where he uh, was looking like a likely pick and I was like, okay, this is the swing skill um, among everything that I could easily, readily analyze. Um,
0: So yeah, I wasted a lot of time doing that. (laughs) Shot analysis. Yeah. So in any case, today we're going to do Brandon Miller, the presumptive third overall pick next two episodes, of course, will be Scoot and Victor. Yep. And then, you know, then the episode after Victor is actually going to be on uh, draft lottery nights, on which Pistons fans will either be, uh, well, I suppose, ecstatic or moderately happy or incredibly unhappy. <laughs> 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 yeah, we've, we've got like a 52% chance of being not incredibly unhappy. But, yeah, if, if we come out of the this season with the fifth overall pick, yeah, uh, yeah it could be unpleasant. Yep. It would very very much seem unfair. It's going to be a tense moment. <clears throat> I remember, uh, you know, just after the first rebuild season, watching the, the draft lottery in 2021 was the most anxious I maybe have ever felt. It's funny as that is to say.
1: You know, uh, the lottery gods smiled quite fondly on us that day, and I hope we are blessed once again.
0: Yeah, no, that was just an awesome moment. Like, but uh, you know, in every pick, because I it was just kind of the back of my head. Like, I actually had a good feeling the Pistons were going to pick top three, and I predicted they were going to pick number one. But in the back of my head, it's like, okay, you know, the the, the Pistons. It's you know, with how things go, you expect to see their. Clackard flipped over earlier than we would like. And every time I just, I was expecting, okay, it's going to be the, it's going to be the red and blue. And then the Rockets came up and that was at number two and that was just great. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's get on to Brandon Miller here. Yep. So uh, somebody about whom I'm glad that uh, Chase, uh, you have more to say than I do because uh, I don't really have a ton to say about him. I don't have enough to say about him, but he doesn't strike me as he strikes me as somebody with a lot of upside but not a very interesting player I'll put it that way, but that's fine. You know, if he reaches that upside, he's going to be an effective guy. In any case, played at Alabama was the best player on one of the top teams in the country he is NCAA six, nine, which probably means he's in the realm of six, eight, maybe a little bit less NCAA players can lose as much as two inches. Like, uh, you know, our, our old buddy on here, Benedict Matherin lost two inches. He was obviously not six, <laughs> seven. <laughs> yeah. We don't know what, uh, what Miller's wingspan is, but it's said to be in the realm of 6'11. He'll be 20 and a half at the time of the draft. His uh, stats at Alabama: 32 and a half minutes per game, uh, 19 points, seven rebounds, two assists, uh, one steal, one block, two turnovers on 43, 38 and a half, 86 splits. So 58% true shooting and a fairly tough shot diet. So I uh, had a good, really good season. You know, one of the best players in the country. Uh, and it's, it's funny, like Chase, I, I don't think that there's actually been a draft since. Like I think it's it's extremely likely that Scoot and Victor are gonna go first. I don't think there's been a draft in the one and done era in which the top two did not play in the NCAA. Can you remember any? I, I feel like the last time it happened was Darko and LeBron.
1: You know, I think you'd you'd be right. It's been a long time. That technically wasn't one and done. LeBron was a, a nun and one.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like and, wow. and it, it hasn't happened in the one and done era. Just like the last two time, the, the last time the top two players did not play in the NCAA. Yeah, yep, yeah, exactly. So, anyway, so yeah, we could we could have our first NCAA pick at number three, which would be very very unusual. In any case, so Naismith semifinalist, one of the best scorers in the NBA and NCAA. Excuse me, uh, very consistent early on until that tailed down down the tailed off down the stretch. Then he had a good SEC tournament. I'm, I'm tripping over my words. SEC tournament before kind of falling flat in his face in the NCAA tournament, though apparently he was injured. So just to go a little bit further, shot profile, 30% of the rim, 30% of his shots at the rim, excuse me, about 16% from two-point range, uh, two-point jumper range rather, and then a little over half is the remainder from three-point range. So uh, let's get rolling on the pros. Uh, let's talk about his athleticism. What do you think?
1: Yeah, that is a great place to start with Miller because um there's kind of a, he's an interesting profile in the sense that he might not have a lot of the elite burst qualities that you will look for, for one of these high-end wings, but uh, he is very bouncy. And what I'm most impressed by personally is actually his stop-start ability. He has a tremendous ability to stop on a dime and either get a shot off or, you know, put people in jail a little bit and then, you know, make, make a read either get to the basket or kick it out. Um, That is to me, the most interesting part of his athleticism.
0: Yeah, it's definitely noticeable. He's got really good body control. He reminds me like a tiny bit of Cade and that's there, there's a lot of stop, start and trying and trying to assume better position. I mean, he's not like seeing the floor anywhere near as well as Cade does in, in that capacity. I mean, Cade, his ability to, to go around a screen and attack in a pick and roll, while stopping and starting and basically knowing where everybody is, it was pretty remarkable. But yeah, the body control is definitely there. His agility helps too. He doesn't really have a great first step. He's got he's got to feel like a pretty darn good second and in particular third step. Like once he gets going, if he can blow through an empty lane, he gets, he can do it fast. Or around a screen, he can do it fast. Yeah. And you mentioned the leaping. It's interesting to me the disparity because he's an excellent two foot leaper, like excellent. Yeah, but uh, leaping off of one foot is not really that great, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd share that concern, um, on his, at least on the athletic end. There seems to be um, that, that once he's going, he's going to be a great guy in transition. I think that's going to be kind of one of his bread and butter skills. But once he gets in that tough situation where a guy is cutting, has cut off his exercise, the then it seems like he kind of, doesn't know what to do and has to put up a really tough shot because of his yeah, one foot. And, his one okay. foot athleticism is just not that great in terms of both the first step, the first jump on one foot.
0: Yeah, yeah. So definitely, we'll we'll talk about that when we talk about scoring. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's got great length, uh, mm-hmm. which he uses well. Um, you know, whether that be you know when he's attacking the basket, you know, uses that length well. He uses it to protect the ball pretty well. And his center of motion, even though he he really needs to put on some weight, like his, his center of movement is really his core and he's very strong in the core. So and and then that, that length and verticality make him a strong defensive rebounder. Like he really skies for boards. He's aggressive. Yep. Uh, on on the offensive glass, he does decently well. He actually led Alabama in putbacks, like with eighteen, but you know, still remark you know, still worthy of remark.
1: Yeah, I mean, I echo all of that. That's what came up when I Watched Brandon Miller throughout the year at Alabama's that he hustles pretty decently. Um, that his activity level on getting boards is pretty good for a skinny guy. Um, he he, he he's tough for how for pretty undersized. I don't remember his weight exactly, but he's definitely skinnier. Um, yeah, 200. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely has needs to fill out. Um, but it's yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. It's it really, to me, it just comes back to good, good activity level, good, uh, sort of tough toughness for his size. And I think that, um, even if he doesn't fill out as much as we would like, there's still a good athletic framework.
0: Yeah. All right, well, uh, let's move on to the offense, you know, the pros mm-hmm. on offense. We're going to structure it the same, the same way that we did last time. Just pros on offense, pros on defense, cons on offense, cons on defense. So yep. pros on offense, What would be the number one thing you'd say? And obviously this is a rhetorical question because everybody's going to say the exact same thing about (laughs) Brandon Miller. So what's your number one? The shooting. Oh, really? Um, Wow. Shocking. (laughs) Yeah. My goodness. I'm I'm
1: (laughs) Florida. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, hate to break it to you, but, uh, Brandon Miller's, uh, shot profile looks to be maybe the best in the class. Um, at at least at from deep, he, he's got an excellent toolkit as a shooter. Um, he can shoot off the catch. He can shoot off motion, um, gets really high, gets good elevation, super, super, super clean form. Just, just watch Brandon Miller take dribble handoffs and tell me that you could really see any better from anybody. It's, it's super polished.
0: Yeah, he's a sweet shooter, uh, and he's, a, he's really a true motion shooter. Obviously, yeah. on spot-ups, he's very good. I mean, he was elite on spot-ups in terms of efficiency, uh, but on catch-and-shoots also, I mean, just catch-and-shoots in general. Uh, just He's got a sweet stroke. He sets his feet very quickly. I mean, yeah, his form is great. He's got a quick release. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in some cases, it's dangerous to go over screens against him because he can get a good shot off. Uh, on pull-ups, he shot only about 33%, but that's an encouraging mark at the NCAA level for a guy who was taking a lot of difficult pull-up threes.
1: Yeah, and it's also important to remember that the NCAA court is just smaller and more condensed. So a lot of those um, pull-ups are going to be more contested than they would be in a wider NBA, more spaced out NBA court and more spaced out NBA offenses.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely true. So always a threat to shoot from the perimeter other yep. pull up or catch and shoot. Yeah, you just can't leave him open. You can't give him space. And he's a good off-ball mover. He knows where to go to get open. Yeah, I had, uh, had the standard play at Alabama in which you just curl around, uh, off or on-ball screens, grab the ball, and just shoot fast with a couple of feet. I mean, that's something that's basically guaranteed. It's a useful skill that's guaranteed to translate to the NBA. Yeah, just just sweet, sweet, sweet shooter. And we mm-hmm. didn't see much of him shooting in the interior. It was a very small percentage of his offense.
1: Yeah, that's um, definitely if he's going to become one of those primary options on a quality team down the line, you would like to see more of a toolkit in the interior. Just what can he do to sort of beat defenses when um, he's able to get to that second level of the defense, but not necessarily penetrate all the way to the rim. Um, I think that's kind of one of the the extra areas of improvement that you'd like to see
0: down the line yeah and so uh, i think just based on his acuity as a perimeter shooter including on the move yeah, that just bodes well for anybody from mid range and he's, he's just somebody you have a good feeling about and you know if you get that i feel like you know, we'll talk a little bit later about, you know, some potential struggles off the drive at the NBA level. Yeah. That'll just make his life easier in general. But also, you know, your true three level shooters, or three level scores, excuse me, those are very rare in the NBA and I think he stands a, a decent shot of getting there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anything else you'd like to say about his shooting before we move on? Uh, no. All right. So something uh, another quality I think is very much worth mentioning is his handle. He's got a very good handle. Yeah. You know, unus- yeah, unusually good for somebody who is, uh, I don't know if I'd call it an unusual mix of qualities, but it's definitely enticing alongside that, uh, you know, just that potential and acuity as a shooter. You can do cool stuff with the ball. You know, he uses it to solid effect, uh, you know, on the perimeter and also on the way to the basket. Like it, the, the handle is, is genuinely good. Yeah, I agree with that
1: as well. Um, the The handle is, it's not otherworldly. He's not going to really like have the ball on a string as much, but I saw him do some honestly reminiscent of Cade type movements for bigger guys like them to just sort of, I'm just going to pass the ball around the back and, you know, get a shot up. And obviously we can talk about the processing um, a little later, but the, the fact that that's kind of in his bag, I think bodes really, really well for what he can do on the ball. Yeah. um as at least a play finisher
0: yeah yeah i agree and i mean a, a combination of good shooting and a good handle And yeah like you said uh, i don't mean that he's going to be juking guys out of their you know out of their jock straps as, as mickey reitman would put it but <laughs> uh, but it, it's definitely you know it's a great quality to have like a guy who's got a good handle along with you know especially if he's a guy uh, who can get that mid-range going i mean that can be a dangerous combination yeah so uh yeah and we already talked about the body control um you know he he doesn't have the greatest first step we mentioned that but if you give him if you give him time to accelerate he can really get going and we saw like some cool poster dunks when he got up to full speed and then was able to jump off of two feet so you know it's less that you know he's not necessarily explosive uh, obviously in the first step sense but if you give him a little bit of space he is explosive
1: yeah, I, I think he can finish above the rim with a little bit of runway. Um, I mean, it's not gonna be necessarily a real weapon for him, um, but as kind of a additional option where if if the play breaks down, um, I feel pretty confident he can, you know, beat a close
0: out and uh put up a poster highlight real dunk. Yeah. Yeah, definitely on closeouts, he'll have a great ability to attack those at the NBA level. If you give him an open lane, he can blow through it, which yeah. isn't true of everybody. Like, think Sadiq Bay, for example. If you give him an open lane, somebody's going to get there. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's, not like a, it's not like a given with shooters. You know, guys can attack closeouts, but there's attack and closeouts, and then there's attack and closeouts. So another thing mentioned earlier, he's strong, and also he, he absorbs contact well and mm-hmm. does not shy away from it at all. Mm-hmm. which which is a good quality for obvious reasons. And, you know, it also showed in the, the four and a half free throws per game, he drew despite attempting more than 50% of his shots from behind the three-point line. Yeah, I think that um, it shows the level of fearlessness
1: that I think is going to be key for his success because he has the shooter's mentality and he also has kind of a finisher's mentality. He definitely wants to be the guy to end the play and i i enjoy watching him to be honest a lot he oh, yeah, it's fun to watch yeah yeah he he wants to score and sometimes that doesn't always happen but um there's like a need and a hunger within him that i i think is going to be quite uh quite cool and important for him um, just getting his confidence going when the shot isn't falling to stay in the offense to stay active to keep trying and working whatever angles he has
0: yeah he's a hard worker he doesn't stand idle and it's like i'm not sure if it was if it was something he was coached not to do in terms of taking very few mid-range jumpers but it's also encouraging i mean you have guys at the ncaa level cough, cough, Jarris Walker, uh, who will to a stop and choose to take a bad, you know, bad for him mid-range jumper rather than attack the basket. That's one place where I think the Isaiah Stewart comp really breaks down because Isaiah Stewart will never in a million years avoid contact if he thinks that that's going to give him the best chance of scoring. Uh, excuse mm-hmm. me, if he thinks that that attacking into contact is going to give him the best chance of scoring. So, And Miller did not avoid contact at all. I mean, he went hard to the basket. Sometimes he struggled there. But he did not settle for bad pull-up shots to avoid contact. Yeah, so I agree. Hard worker on the court, fearless—those are great qualities. And I, I feel like when you look at the combination of the above, you know, like a talented shooter with good size and length who has a good handle, can put the ball in the floor to a degree. Uh, you know, that's that—that's a solid combo. You know, that's it's a very NBA coveted combo.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, you're right. It's this is why he's number three on pretty much every board that it exists in the public sphere at this stage. He's um has sufficient athleticism, great shooter, and good ancillary skills to make for a intriguing offensive package should everything come together for him.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's funny to think about, it. I mean, he's, he's the number one NCAA prospect, despite the fact that he's he's gonna get picked, I would say very, very likely number three. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's a funny place we're at. Where you know he's going to be the majority of the top five. You know, assuming that Amen goes in, in the top five, and I think he will, is going to be a non NCAA prospect. And one of them is from, as we mentioned last week, a Mickey Mouse league, which is infuriating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other yeah. two, it's from G League Ignite, which is a super you know, even compared to the NCAA, is a tough league. And and Victor's playing with pros in, in the you know in France for what that's worth
1: yeah i mean it's a weird year it's a really strange year um kind of top to bottom um if we you know get do more draft coverage after the the lotto we we can dive deeper into other guys and you'll find there's lots of just strange players who are you know in the in consideration for top 20 picks
0: yeah i haven't gone that deep yet uh I, I think I will after the draft. Well, hopefully yeah. after the draft, I won't be thinking about like 10 <laughs> and later, <laughs> you know, yeah. guys with business get a second pick. <laughs> yeah. yeah if, if I'm, if I'm having to think between like four and eight, I'm going to be real upset, <clears throat> uh, you know, between guys who could, who would fall into that range. Uh, yeah. Because there yeah. are, there are, you know, maybe four guys you could consider at number five, but, uh, or I don't know. I'd have a hard time passing up Cam Whitmore at number four, or even at number five as well. But, Anyway, I digress. All right, so uh, moving on to defense. I don't think there's necessarily a ton to say there. Like in my opinion, generally solid. Not great, but solid. Can switch onto some quick players. Decent IQ and good wings. Yeah, you pretty much hit the nail
1: on the head. It's just there's enough tools there and enough effort for him to be a good rebounder. um, For him to be not necessarily a a real shot blocker, but um, he can rotate onto guards and onto wings pretty well. And with his length and general uh, quick thinking, I think he should be fine on defense.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's, you know, he'll be competent. I don't expect him to be a world beater, um, but competent at the NBA level is fine. He's a non-liability. I think he'll be an average to slightly above average defender. And, you know, it means that if if you're drafting him number three, you got to really have faith in, in his offensive upside because he's going to be kind of providing neutral value on defense, though, you know, within the bounds of an offense, excuse me, a defense in which everybody has a decent degree of switchability, you know, just being generally switchable, it kind of inflates the value there. So if you can run kind of like a five deep lineup in that respect, which you will not really necessarily likely be able to do with Ivy, who I think is going to run a little bit behind in the defensive processing in the long term, but hopefully not be a liability. So I don't really know where I was going with that. <laughs> Yeah. In any case. Uh, all right. So, uh, let's move on to the cons and this one I have to bring up, which, and, and I, I'm quite certain that, that Weaver wouldn't draft a guy if you had any, you know, any doubts in this area, uh, is murder <laughs> yeah, with, uh, with Brandon Miller being known to have passed over, uh, to a friend, a gun that the friend subsequently used to kill somebody.
1: Yeah. It's a really unfortunate situation. Um, And obviously that's way more important than, you know, the NBA or the NBA draft um, regardless. But I think it seems like he's in the clear, legally speaking. I don't know about morally or anything. Um, That would be something that would come out in interviews and doing research that we in the public sphere wouldn't ever really have access to. So it's going to be interesting to see if it affects his draft stock the word uh, at least on the twitter sphere and in the reddit sphere is no that nba teams aren't going to not draft him
0: because of the situation but it's definitely concerning <laughs> yeah yeah I, I agree that it's it's concerning and again troy weaver obviously is going to be a leading guy who wouldn't you know in terms of not drafting him if if there's any doubt in that area yeah, you know, Weaver, who really focuses on character, and yeah, in any event, yeah, unfortunate situation is definitely the way uh, the way that I would yeah, it's highly unfortunate situation for for everybody involved in it. So, uh, but yeah, the local cops said that he's not going to be charged with anything, at least for now. You never know, right? You never know in the long term. Uh, but leaving that aside, uh, what would you say is his number one weakness? Um, I would say one of my areas of concern,
1: I don't know if it's my number one weakness is going to be the passing, um, because he's going to drive a lot of his value, hopefully as a top three pick on the ball, doing creating offense for himself. Um, the passing wasn't always there on offense. it makes me question maybe more broadly the decision-making, um, when things get difficult, uh, will he be able to, quote-unquote, move the chains, get the rock moving into a better spot on offense?
0: Yeah, he really wasn't utilized as a passer at all, uh, or alternately, you can just say that he didn't pass the ball that much. Of course, he was finishing <laughs> on a plays from the perimeter, uh, but it was just hard to know off the drive. It's like, is this just how he's being coached? Um, because it's not like he would make bad passes. He just didn't really pass all that much off the drive. Uh-huh. So it's, it's hard to tell. Like, is this the system? Is he just, I mean, does he need to be coached to pass more? Because guys have learned, definitely. Or is he just a bad passer who just has, I find it hard to believe that he's got like such horrendous acumen off the drive as a passer that he just doesn't think to do it. Uh, But it's definitely going to become, for obvious reasons, a more valuable skill, a a more necessary skill in the NBA where basically everybody has to be able to pass to some degree now. Like even your, your average forward has to be able to pull off a driving kick so yeah
1: that I'm you bring up a really good point that I I oftentimes wonder with all of these draft prospects is translatability of systems because oftentimes systems are a really big influence on the role a player plays and the NBA is very very different than the NCAA in terms of almost everything and oh yeah it, it there's a reason why you know guys who are um, short passy types who dominate, uh, the, the NCAA as point guards don't ever make it to the NBA, <laughs> even though they're, even though they're, though they're excellent players. Um, you can, you go up and down the list of great, uh, post-season performers in the NCAA and almost none of them, uh, who are these short passy types, um, I like to call them end up really translating because as you said the size and other factors but with brandon miller you wonder if that's just a coaching thing where hey you know we don't need you to pass we just need you to get a bucket and for most of the season that's what he did
0: yep yeah it, it does leave a little bit of a gap in our knowledge for sure i mean that's something that i'm sure will be analyzed at the combine and in private team workouts but yeah, it's, it's not so much that we have data that he's bad at it. We just don't have data that he's good at it. We don't have data that he's bad at it either. So uh, it's, it's definitely one of those kind of like irritating draft things uh-huh. where you just you just really don't know. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to go back to something that we were discussing before, which is, well, of course, we can list amongst his weaknesses, you know, not so much in terms of explosiveness in his first step. And also is pretty poor leaper off of one foot so on the drive unless he gets up to full speed and can spring off of both feet but you know that's that lacking explosiveness does hamstring him in certain situations when he's you know his his in terms of just getting the step on his defender yeah it's going to be something he struggles to do and that's a valuable skill of course because it's really a, a quick ticket to breaking down a defense
1: yeah it, it's one of those things where you wonder if his shot diet's going to get even more difficult um, at least at the start of his NBA career because um, closeouts happen so fast. Guys are able to recover supremely well at the NBA level. All of these guys are ridiculous athletes for the most part. And yeah. um, even when he is able to kind of beat guys, you wonder if that he doesn't necessarily have the wiggle or necessarily have the the kind of burst you would need to make those adjustments and i think that's going to be kind of one of the questions we we want to see answered over the course of the early part of his career at least is what can brandon miller do to adjust to the heightened athleticism and length of the nba because really it's he's kind of a cheat code at the ncaa level there's just no one is as skilled as he is uh quite frankly um at, at that size
0: yeah yeah, I mean, he shot 58% at the rim uh, on like 80% on assisted offense at the NCAA level. And it was a significant, like, uh, you know, I think uh, I think I said 32% segment of his offense. So he did well there. But yeah, I mean, there are factors like at the NBA level, just the margins are so razor thin that having this weakness is going to impact you a lot more than it does at the NCAA level. It's uh, It's just a game of inches at the NBA level. So yeah, that's going to, it's going to hurt him. And then that one leg leaping, I mean, unless he's built up ahead of steam with which, again, he can spring off of two legs. If he has to attack off of one leg, which is going to be the vast majority of opportunities at the rim in the NBA, mm-hmm. you know, he's yeah, he's pretty weak. And, you know, he doesn't go up very strong. Yeah. And that, you know, yeah, that makes it more difficult to score at the rim. And so, I mean, there are instances in the NCAA, not small number of instances in which you just got swatted trying to do it because you got, you got quite a bit of time before he actually gets up there.
1: Yeah, it's that thing where he's extremely quick off two feet in terms of his leaping. Um, his ability as a standstill shooter is amazing. Huh. He, uh, If you give him any amount of space to get a shot off, it's up. Yeah. Um, but then on the other hand, with his one foot leaping, he really can put himself into difficult situations and you wonder if like the efficiency is going to get hampered once um, the improved length and improved, as I said, defensive kind of flexibility catches up with him,
0: uh, yeah, and yeah, a- any weakness at the M- at the NBA level is going to come through pretty strongly. So yeah, it's just an additional area of concern for his ability to drive, from, you know, from on the ball. Mm-hmm. Like I-, I think he'll find more utility at the NBA level as a cutter when he'll be playing less on the ball. Yeah, and and also as a vertical spacer even. Which, which he can do very ably. And, you know, just attacking through open lanes, created by teammates, like he's not, I mean, the Pistons, Ivy and Kate are going to be your on-ball types. But uh, like you said, you know, you, you want, you know, your third overall pick to be able to, especially, you know, if he's, in Brandon Miller's case, it's not like he's going to be providing elite defense. His value is going to probably be found primarily on offense. It's not going to be a liability on defense, but he's going to, it's going to be found primarily on offense. And, yeah, that ability to not be able to put the ball on the floor uh, you know, lacking that ability to be able to put the ball on the floor and, and attack the basket. I mean, yeah, he's going to need to get craftier. Yep. Definitely. And uh, the only other weakness I felt that was of note, uh, he can be a little bit turnover prone when he drives, because like you said, he can get himself into some bad situations. Um, for a lot of players, this is kind of an adjustable weakness. and Some of them just don't have the situational awareness off the drive, but it wasn't a catastrophic thing by any means. He averaged two turnovers per game and was on the ball a great deal. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if I list that as a weakness. It's just something I noticed that occasionally he could get himself into bad situations. But, yeah, two turnovers per game is not a lot Yeah, for a guy who's who's operating on the ball a significant amount. So, yeah. Um, anything else on the offensive end you think qualifies as, uh, as a weakness?
1: No, I think that just about covers it.
0: Yeah, and on defense, I'm just gonna say, well, he's got to put on some weight, or otherwise he'll be physically bullied a little bit at the, at the forward positions. But aside from that, it's like he's not like a notably—I don't think he profiles a notably plus defender, but he doesn't really have any weaknesses.
1: Yeah, as as you said, the the strength is the key thing. He'll probably be—I mean, everyone's bullied by Giannis, but um, yeah, he'll uh, he'll be extra bullied by guys in that mold until he get some strength as that's just kind of a typical rookie thing um i know he's a geriatric for some at the uh ripe old age of 20 um yeah. but he still has tons of room to grow and fill out uh yeah especially though.
0: on the arms and legs
1: yeah and and as you said the core is already pretty solid for a guy of a very slight 200 pounds so yeah you you and the shoulders look broad enough and he doesn't look like a complete Slenderman
0: a physiology, uh, so you would hope that he uh, can at least add some weight to the frame. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And attacking the contact at the NBA level, he's going to require at least definitely some more strength in the lower body. You know, he was strong enough for the NCAA, but in the NBA, when you have again, yeah, incredibly athletic guys, I mean, very, very strong. You know, that's uh, just coupling those two things, yeah, he's he's going to need some added strength. So mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to comp. Here's just one thing I want to spend a couple of minutes on. Uh, some of you are listening might be asking you know how isn't he just kind of like a, a version of jabari smith and you know what i would point out is that jabari was absolutely horrible at doing anything inside the arc whereas miller shows actually a fair amount of you know decent amount of upside there at least at the ends of a level he did a decent job of it whereas jabari was a disaster
1: yeah that's um i think a really good point of comparison because it, that was just last draft class um Uh, obviously jabari uh, brings a different dimension on defense where there's real uh, consideration for him to be a very high level impact defender later in his career um, on top of the shooting um, should that turn around which I'm still hopeful of I had jabari quite high Um, but nonetheless uh, Brandon Miller is the far superior at this stage of his career on ball creator to Jabari, that's yeah. they're almost completely uh, uh, have nothing in common other than body type and the fact that they can shoot.
0: Yeah, more athletic too in terms of you know even on the perimeter. Well, just in general, Jabari is not very athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so another thing about Jabari, we can we can speculate like does what does Brandon Miller have as a score? We don't know Jabari. We know to be a bad excuse me not as a score as a passer. Jabari we know to be a bad passer. He just sucks at it. So yeah, Miller in terms of. But just in terms of his athleticism on the perimeter, just uh, the off-ball move and the ability to get open, create separation, uh, definitely exceeds Jabari in that respect. So let's move on to upside. If, if you had to peg Miller's upside, like best-case scenario, where would you put it? You, know, you can comp him, you know, whether that's just uh, in general terms or a comp to an yeah. NBA player. So I, I always like to
1: think of guys like the what's the pie in the sky? Um, that's not always helpful, but if we're saying everything – works everything comes together he's like paul george oh wow um, it
0: uh maybe not on defense but on offense well wow. does he have a, i mean paul george was incredibly athletic before his injury
1: but what i'm saying is that the ability to be a multi-level score and okay. be obviously uh, maybe even bring a even different dimension as a shooter um mm. than at least as an outside shooter than pg um so I think that's kind of if if everything gets fixed, um, and he becomes a true three level scorer at the wing position, then you're looking at um, all star uh, to all NBA um, uh, upside.
0: Interesting. Uh, the comp that I that came to mind for me was Chris Middleton. Yeah, and that you know that assumes, of course, that Brandon Miller develops as a pull up shooter from mid range, which I think he can. I feel like he's already got like very, very evident Middleton upside as a perimeter shooter mm-hmm. just in terms of his ability to shoot motion threes, you know, get open, shoot with very, very little space, you know, shoot from a few feet behind the line. And I think he'll be like a, a somewhat deep three shooter. So if you can get that mid-range game together and, you know, and just, of course, a guy who can put the ball on the floor, Middleton's handle isn't anything special, but it's more than good enough for him to attack. And uh, he's got, you know, good agility and just in, in good body control as well. Well, more just body control. Middleton is a guy who can drive in and spin and get a shot off. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a lot to hope for. So maybe a guy who's not quite as good of a mid-range shooter, but has more acuity in attacking off the ball more. He's more athletic than Middleton without a doubt. Yep.
1: That's, I think kind of the, I I like that as more of a um, stylistic or hopeful outcome, but then you bring in the fact that he might be a better off ball player or just a more useful off ball player than Middleton. Um, So, I could definitely see that being like a a good likely outcome rather than okay the handle, the passing, the shooting, the mid-range, the the ability to handle contested shots, getting yeah. all that fixed like we said um and turning into like a Paul George-ish type guy on offense then yeah I could see it. I I could see Chris Middleton for sure.
0: Yeah, and when it comes to his four, I mean, I think this is Nobody's going with a safe pick. You know, it's not Brandon Miller is the safe pick, but mm-hmm. I feel like his floor is still good. Like a, like a perimeter shooting specialist who, you know, who can put the ball on the floor to a degree and play, you know, non-negative defense. That's a disappointing if you pick him third, but that's still a player that you want on your team. Better Isaiah livers. Oh, much better. Isaiah livers. <laughs> yeah. Livers, <laughs> I feel like was kind of an eyesore this year, but yeah, in terms of his ability to get open off the ball, uh, not great. Or you know, or you're going to step back, pull up threes, motion shooting. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's going to be, in my opinion, a useful player, even if he doesn't really improve all that much. Yeah, and uh, then fit. And, and I think that Brandon Miller can basically fit into any roster without necessarily much loss of value. It's a wing hungry league, and
1: at any team, even the the wing filled Toronto Raptors would be a static to add Brandon Miller to the fold, let alone a team as wing deficient as the Detroit Pistons. Oh, yeah. Um, so the fit with us uh, is very good, um, positionally at least, uh, just in terms of, as you said, the floor is you're getting a competent wing, and that's one of Weaver's goals. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're getting, yeah, with, with your floor, you're getting uh, one of these guys who can uh, conceivably very effectively space the floor uh, for Ivy and for Cade, mm-hmm. you know, as a motion three point shooter, potentially elite perimeter shooter. So, that yeah, that, I feel like that makes the fit very good, and uh, and and that they would create quite a bit of space for him to attack into open lanes, At which point, he becomes very competent as an athlete. You know, very quite actually quite good as an athlete. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'd say that the fit would be pretty much seamless. And again, not only is he you know that potentially elite perimeter shooter, but he's big. Well, he's got good size, you know, probably, you know, in the area of 6'8". So, all right, where is he on your board? Uh, for me, he's third overall, pretty comfortably.
1: Um, I I have him somewhat close to Scoot, um, because he is a very rare package of talents, but Scoot is, to me, still just kind of in a different tier of ultimate upside with everything he can do. Um, and Wembeyamba is... Without uh, even in consideration, he's. Uh oh. Uh oh, you screwed up his
0: name. What? It's <laughs> very easy to screw up. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. That just felt I, I just felt like I should josh you about that. <laughs> hey, what I guess. call him Wemby, okay? All right. Yeah, Wembanyama. Yeah. Wembanyama. It's, yeah. 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 And obviously, he's in his hero of his own. As far as Scoot goes, I mean, the fit is considerably worse, but there is just this very strong instinct for me that it would be a big mistake to pass on Scoot.
1: Yeah, we can get to that with the Scoot episode, but um, yeah. I I think that starting at three, um, he, he'd be the slam dunk pick, and if he falls for some reason, then you run that, that card up to the, the commissioner's office and
0: say, heck yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's where we're going to call the episode. Do you have any closing thoughts? Nope. Uh, excited for the draft lottery to finally happen yeah for sure it's a long wait five and a half weeks and another five and a half until the draft God. (laughs) so uh, all right Uh, in any case uh chase been a pleasure to have you on the show and uh, as for all of you as always want to thank you for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode